Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Let me tell you about something that happened about 20 years ago. I was standing here, literally here, and uh, I was standing next to the senior pastor, Bill Bennett. I was in shorts and I was barefoot. I was about to do the baptisms. He was talking about baptism, and I was going to take the people into the water. And as he was talking about, like, the gospel and all that, he got distracted, and he looked down, and he said this. He looked at my feet, and he said on the microphone, man, you've got ugly feet. (laughs) And everybody laughed, like you guys. (laughs) And you know what? I didn't care. I didn't care. And, and I'm going to tell you why I didn't care. When I was eight or nine years old, I was like a super nerd. I started reading early. It's reading my Bible, and I came to this verse in Scripture, Romans chapter 10. I'd never read it before. And it's good if an eight or nine-year-old is reading Romans, right? <laughs> Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Beautiful feet. Now let's just be clear. I haven't had a miracle of my feet, okay? (laughs) In fact, when we stand as a family, Nick was like, you're your poor one son, he's got your feet, you know? Whereas the other son, he's got good-looking feet. But, But it's not about the physical. It's not about the physical. It's about the spiritual. At that moment when I read that verse, I got such a deep sense of the calling of God upon my life. Even though I was being raised in an atheist family, my parents, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was called to preach the gospel. Now, this verse isn't a verse talking about people coming into full-time ministry because that word preaching is actually heralding, if you look at it. It's about proclaiming. It's about doing what Nao did and everybody who goes out and just speaks of what is beautiful to them speaks of the goodness of God. From that day onwards, I lived with this confidence, this sense of calling to speak of the beauty of God. I'm going to talk to you today about how beautiful, how beautiful is the message, how beautiful it is to do what we do. And the first thing I want to say is that there is a beautiful plan. You know, if you love someone, You make plans, right? You make plans. You make plans to meet them. Maybe it's your child that's coming. You make plans for where they're going to... You organize the nursery. If you're in love with a girl, you make plans to see her, to bump into her, to connect with her. If you love your husband, you love your wife, you make plans to go on dates. Some of you are great planners. (laughs) Some of you are not so good. But God is the great planner. And he had a beautiful plan from all eternity... Jesus Christ is described as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. 
despite our father's sins, our forefather's sins, despite our sins, despite Adam's sins, which we all have inherited the consequence, our father had a plan. What is the plan? 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. It was prophesied. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you. God has always had plans for our salvation in Jesus Christ, and he's got unique plans just for you. A beautiful plan. Secondly, a beautiful event. Christ died, was crucified. This is historical. Roman historians, Christian historians, Jewish historians. Here's Josephus, a Jewish historian. He says this. Now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man. For he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ. And when Pilate at the suggestion of principal men amongst us, had condemned him to the cross. Those that loved him at first did not forsake him, for he appeared to them alive again the third day, as the divine prophets had foretold these, and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him. And the tribe of Christians so named from him are not extinct at this day. Jesus' sacrificial, substitutionary death happened. You know, if there was another way that we could have a relationship with God, if it was through being good and nice, or through Islam, or through Buddhism, or through whatever, the Father would not have sent His Son. He wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have sent His most beloved Son, right? If there was another way. But Scripture tells us this. 1 Timothy 2, 2 verse 5. For there is one God... And one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ. And obviously he's more than a man, fully man yet fully God. There is one way. As, as the perfect man he died, it was an event. And you might say, a beautiful event? I don't know how many of you remember your childbirth. Okay, I've never met anybody who's remembered their childbirth. It was both messy and beautiful, right? Okay, it was painful for you and, and probably painful for your mother. Yes, it was a celebrated, beautiful event. And that's what I mean by this beautiful event. Jesus dying on the cross for us. You know, when a husband and a wife reconcile after fighting, and there's tears, but there's happy tears, it's a beautiful event. This is the most beautiful event of all time. Jesus dying for us. Three, it's a beautiful achievement. Through that event, justice and mercy kissed. The Father can't just overlook sin, can't overlook injustice, can't overlook what is wrong. But God our Father, in His incredible love and kindness and mercy, sent the Son. And so justice was fulfilled through someone else paying the price for my sin and for your sin. It says this, you see, at just the right time, when we're still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's me. That's you. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, 
Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, it melts our hearts. It must melt our hearts. 1 Peter 2.4 And he himself bore our sins in his own body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you are healed. He saw my sin, he saw your sin, he saw our sin, and he saw through it, and he loved us. And he said, it's worth it. He affected a great achievement. He fulfilled justice and mercy in Jesus Christ. Three, a beautiful offer. A beautiful offer has been extended to the whole world. And the gospel is, being, is running its course across the whole world. And it's beautiful. And this is the offer. It's not by works, not by striving, not by your goodness, not by you cleaning up your act. Not by you hustling, but it's a free gift. And you just need to receive what Jesus has done. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I love and have a weakness for chocolates. I've got a number of weaknesses, but chocolate is one of them. And um, I just want to make a free offer. To, we, did it, we did it for men in the first service. If you're a woman between 30 and 60, whoever comes and gets this first, it's for free. Just come help yourself. It's a free offer. (laughs) Come get it. It's for free. Whoever gets it, gets it. (laughs) (laughs) You might need to share that. (laughs) Did Did you see the speed? What was that? Is she thirty? Is she thirty? Is the question. I pray that that we respond to the mercy of God with the same energy. For those of you who who feel far from God today, for those of you who feel alienated, for those of you who feel like your sin has separated you from God, we want to help you at the end of the service. We want to lead you in a prayer and, and, and counsel you. It's a free offer. You don't clean up your act first. You come as you are, and he transforms you. It's a beautiful impact. We are born again. We are forgiven. We are cleansed. We are sanctified. We are justified. We are renewed. We are transformed. We receive destiny and meaning. We're no longer hell-bound, but we become heaven-bound. This is the impact of what Jesus has done on the cross. You know, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget about the darkness and the depression and the sadness and the fear that we lived in outside of Jesus. We forget. We take it for granted, but but he has come into our lives, and now we live differently, and we have a peace that passes understanding. We start to, we live in that Zoe life. We forget about the bondage of slavery, and I'm not trying to make you remember, 
but I am trying to say live with the heart of gratitude. And I'm also saying this, for some of you, you've begun the journey. You've begun the journey, but there's not a fullness of life that you're experiencing. I want to encourage you, keep pressing in. Jesus paid the full price. Now, you, you know when you go to Mauritius, I had the privilege of doing a wedding in Mauritius. Cool pastor job, right? Okay? Okay. You go to Mauritius, you stay at one of these resorts, you can be on the zero meal option or the two meal option or the three meal option. You know? In Jesus, you're on the three meal option. It's more food than you can ever eat. Okay? There's more riches and abundance than you can ever conceive. And some of you are not experiencing the fullness of what Jesus paid for. And his promise to you is there's so much more. Now, this is so important. Forgiveness is not the end. A better life on earth is not the end. A clear conscience is not the end. If you went to heaven and God wasn't there, you should be disappointed. Something's missing. What does it say? Where am I? Sorry. I've messed this up. I don't know where it is. There it is. This is the end. It is God himself. For Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Forgiveness is a means to bring you to God. All of these things are a means to an end of knowing Him, of loving Him, of enjoying Him, of walking with Him. You might have come to, to Jesus so that you can avoid going to hell. There's so much more that we would walk in relationship with Him. Revelations 21 says this, and this is our end state. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. All of this is for a purpose. And this is the purpose, that we dwell in him and he dwells in us. That's what we're going for. This is why we can say how beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news. Because it's such a beautiful plan, event, achievement, offer, impact. And such a beautiful God that he's captured us by his goodness and his glory and his kindness and his holiness. Now, there's one more beautiful. There's one more beautiful. And that is, it's a beautiful response that is required. When you've been loved, when you've been blessed, you say thank you, right? When somebody pours love upon you, the healthy response is to respond in some way. Now, the most legendary psalm is probably Psalm 23, but the second most, I think, is Psalm 51. David has sinned. He's killed a man, taken his wife, done terrible things. He realizes his sin. We've all sinned. And he, and he pens Psalm 51. Create me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And so often we stop there. 
But look at his heart. Look at his response. Look at how he continues. He says, then I will teach transgressors your ways. I mean, he was in deep trouble. But now he's saying, after this, you've forgiven me. You've created me a clean heart. You've filled me again with your spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God, my Savior. And my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You know, feet, beautiful feet are beautiful because they move. Because they go. They tell of the one they love. They bring people to the most beautiful one. If God is beautiful to you, you'll speak of him. You've all got your hobbies, your football teams, your movies, your pop artists. You've all got business interests. You've all got stuff that excites you. If you love something, you'll speak of it. Do you speak of the one that you love? David says this, Then I will teach transgressors your ways. Sinners will turn back to you. My mouth will declare your praise. Yesterday, I went running. And uh, as, I, as I went in this big running crew, secular running crew, I have a joy and an excitement and an anticipation that God is going to do something, that I'm going to have the opportunity to speak of his goodness. And I don't do that as a pastor, I do it as a Christian. We are called to speak of his love because he's loved us first. And so I got to share with somebody about the love of God and at the end of the run, got to pray for somebody and talk about the beautiful plan, the beautiful event, the beautiful achievement, the beautiful offer, the beautiful impact. 1 Peter 3, Peter says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. When people say to you, you're such a nice person, you're so peaceful, you're so cool, you're so kind, don't go like, yeah, that's me. You, know? <laughs> you go like, no, you should have seen me before Jesus. You should have seen my life beforehand. If there's beauty, if there's wonder, if there's glory, it's because of him. Always be prepared. Be ready. And if you, if you feel like you need training, then we'll train you. Talk to discipleship. We'll train you. And you know what I find? The more I share, the better I get. The better I get. Oh, man, I've been clumsy. I've been stupid. I've made lots of mistakes in sharing the gospel. But the more I speak of the one I love, the clearer it becomes and the greater strike rates I have. What did Jesus say? Therefore, go make disciples of all nations. That's not the call just to the apostles. That's the call to all of us. It's to make disciples. And, and making disciples in that context wasn't making Christians better. Because na the nations were not Christian. It was bringing people to Jesus. Now I want to give you three practical steps or three practical things to consider. The gospel has gone to Asia the gospel has gone to Africa. Paul has this vision, dream, and he sees a Macedonian saying, come on over. So he, he says, we concluded or so we deduced that God is calling us to go across into Europe. Sometimes God speaks in a whisper. Don't, don't make the excuse, well, he hasn't spoken to me in fire and thunder and lightning. 
Sometimes it's just a whisper. And they respond to the whisper and they arrive at this place where these women are by a river and they're seeking God, but they don't know God. And it says, we sat down, began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. You have to open your mouth and speak. Okay? They responded to Paul's message. You have to speak. Then there's a slave girl. She's twice enslaved. She's a slave girl and she's demon-possessed. And through the demon, she's able to foretell the future. And she starts begging and harassing them. Eventually, Paul turns around. This happens all in the same city. Looks like almost the same day. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, the command you come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. So she's set free. And now her masters are up in arms because she can't tell the future anymore. So they cause a big stir. Paul and Silas are arrested. They flogged severely. They're thrown into prison. They start worshiping. They start worshiping the Lord. What's amazing though is Paul came with power. Again, the more I pray for people, the more miracles I see. Have you had the joy of praying for somebody and seeing healing? Just do it more. Okay? It's not that everybody has got healed that I've prayed for, but the more I pray, the more healings, the more miracles I see. The more I trust God for words of knowledge, the more words of knowledge I get. So come with proclamation, come with power, and come with perseverance. So they're thrown into jail. They start singing, worshiping God all through the night. Next thing, there's an earthquake. The prison doors are opened. The jailer hears this. He's terrified that, he's, that his prisoners have gone. He's about to stab himself. And it says this. He drew his sword about to kill himself. He thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. He speaks the gospel message to him. And says, then immediately he and his whole household were baptized. Sometimes, to bring people to Jesus, it takes perseverance. And that perseverance can be through persecution, how they treat you. Sometimes it's persevering in kindness, in helping people, in feeding people, in looking after their children, in giving them lifts, in giving them money. Sometimes it's perseverance in what we do for people. So, you want to share the gospel? You want to have beautiful, beautiful feet? Proclaim. Come in power and come with perseverance. You know, when I was um, a young article clerk, I studied accounting and qualified as a CA, some of you know. I was working for one of the big firms. First year, I felt such pressure not to share the gospel. Because who am I? I'm like a bottom of the pecking order. And how do you know? Because they tell you. <laughs> I'm at the bottom of the pecking order. And I'm under pressure not to share the gospel. But I shared the gospel. Years later, you come into kind of middle management. And now I felt the pressure. Now I'm like promoted. Now I'm responsible. And I've got people, you know, who don't know Jesus and treat them unfairly. Now I'm under pressure not to share the gospel. But I shared the gospel. Later on, I'm... Director of a listed company, alternate director, and I'm on the psycho board. Now I've, I've got authority and responsibility. Now I'm under pressure not to share the gospel. But I shared the gospel. Maybe you are studying and that's your focus. So you say, you know, once I graduate, I'll share the gospel. Maybe you're trying to get a job and you say, well, once I got the job, I'll share the gospel. Maybe you get a job and you say, once I'm on top of this, then I'll share the gospel. 
Maybe you want to get married, and once you're married, you'll share the gospel. No, no, I want to have kids, and then I'll share the gospel. And eventually, you die, and you've never shared the gospel. The time is now. The time is now to, to speak of the one that you love. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Preaching is proclaiming, it's heralding. It's not being a preacher. And how can anyone preach or herald unless they are sent? And you are sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Our value as every nation Rosebank and every nation Joburg and every nation global is the gospel. It's evangelism. I don't care how ugly you think your feet are or how ugly or unworthy you feel like your soul is. We've all got reasons. We've all got excuses. But they're not acceptable. If God is in your life, doesn't matter how clumsy you are, how stuttery you are, how busy you are, how whatever you are. We are called and graced to speak of the beautiful one. Can we pray together? Okay, let's stand. Let's all stand. Huh? <laughs> It'll actually be helpful in a second if you all stand. I first want to give an opportunity. You can do two things. First, an opportunity. If you know your life is not right and you've heard this word, you've heard the gospel, you've heard of his goodness and his kindness and his forgiveness. The Bible says that if you confess me before men, Jesus speaking, I will confess you before the Father. There's none of this submarine Christianity where we hide from and don't, don't declare. If you want Jesus, make it today your day. Today is the time. Today is the hour. If you want him, why don't you lift up your hand? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to help you. Will you confess Jesus? Will you say, I need him. My life is a mess. I'm separated from him. If that's you, just lift up your hand. There's no shame in this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Number of hands. Why don't you come to the front, please? I'm going to lead you in a prayer. This is, the, this is not the walk of shame. This is the walk of honor. As we humble ourselves. Come to the front. Come to the front. The angels rejoice. The angels rejoice. The angels rejoice and we rejoice. We rejoice. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just come. So good. So good. You're not doing this for man, but you're doing it in front of man to say, I've decided. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And once you pray this aloud, and church, won't you support them by praying it as well? Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, repent. I repent. I turn from my sins. And I turn to you. To follow you. I choose you. I receive you as my Savior. Cleanse me of my sins. I declare you are Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, as we stretch out our hands to these men and women, we pray that every chain will be broken.
Lord, they would come out of darkness. Every bondage, every fear, every heartache, every need. But God, from today, they would experience your life and your life abundantly. And they would walk with you. They'd be set free. And Lord, in eternity, we'd celebrate together this glorious day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once you go, we want to help you. We want to help you. Once you follow Maureen, I was going to say Auntie Maureen, but she's not old enough. Once you follow Maureen, we just want to help you and give you some literature. Okay, so, so I, I, know, I know a word like this is provocative. I know a word like this challenges the heart. But you know what? God doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. Read in Scripture, Jesus stands towards the lukewarm. You read it in Revelations. If this word is spoken to you and you're saying, I need more fire, I need more power, I need more boldness, I need more courage, I need to do some of this, let's pray and ask God for that. Let's lift up our hands. If that's you, if this word has been spoken to you, even if you challenged in your heart and not even sure, but you know it's speaking to you, just lift up your hands. Father, as we lift up our hands, we pray for grace. We commit ourselves to you to say yes. Lord, as, as believers, as your sons and daughters, as we said yes to follow you, Lord God, we say yes again to follow you and do the works that you've called us to do. Lord, may we have beautiful feet. Lord, may we speak of your love, of your goodness, of your kindness. May we not do it because we have to, but may we do it because we want to, because our hearts are full and our hearts are joyous. Holy Spirit, rest upon your sons and daughters. Take them on an adventure. Lord, take them on a, a joyous path of sharing you and seeing lives transformed. Give each of them, Lord God, this week, Lord God, a beautiful opportunity to speak of you. And give each one, Lord God, the privilege in the days ahead of bringing somebody to you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you.